Greetings, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. I am your TV necromancer, TV's no Houlihan, and here we are going to discuss the television shows that lasted one season or less, and decide which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, which ones should just, well, stay doomed. I'm... Not usually the guy who does the intros, that usually goes to my co-host, Lara Prince, but uh, this is a surprise two-parter in that we did not realize how much we had to say about the phone, so please enjoy the gripping conclusion to our discussion on MTV's The Phone. That brings us to episode three. Um, and now we're in we're Boston. We're going to really pick stuff up here. Uh, uh, this one is you're preventing a cop by being assassinated by the mafia. Yeah, so this is a mafioso thing. Our first impression of Rob is that he spits his gum out in public, so I hate him. I hate Rob. Uh, Kate? Katie? Almost doesn't find the phone. Yes. And then we have Chris and Stephanie, who are significantly less gross and smarter. Yes. But of course they can't be paired together, which would have been a team I would have enjoyed. Yes. So we're Stephanie and Rob, and then Katie and Chris, and then my next note is, oh, Stephanie's whiny. And Katie and Chris have one of my favorite introductions to each other. Yeah. Where they're running under gunfire, because it's like a firefight, and Chris is sent to run and go catch Katie behind the tree she's hiding behind. So he runs behind the tree... And she goes, Katie, and he goes, Chris, what's up? And it's very action hero-y. Yeah, what's like, up? Yeah, Chris, what's up? Like, we have to meet under these circumstances. All four get arrested. Katie does not stop laughing for the first 15 minutes of this episode. Yeah, well, we also have to talk about the fact that we see an African-American man get arrested while yelling, I didn't do anything. Yeah. And how uncomfortable that is nowadays. Yeah, like... They get handcuffed together. Yes. And, but like, all four hands back to back. Yeah, it's all four hands back to back, but they're still able to talk to the operator. The operator's like, those are not real cops. They are currently digging your grave. Uh, Because they get taken to like a, uh, like a gravel yard. Yeah. Listen up, everyone. By now you should have figured out that those men aren't cops, but in fact, mobsters. And are digging your graves as we speak. Escaping will be a good thing to do right about now. So I'm going to help you out a little bit. <coughs> in front of the car are the keys to the handcuffs connecting you two together. The first thing to unlock themselves, get the car keys from the trunk and escape, will have $5,000 wired into their account. The other team will get absolutely nothing. The mom has a somewhat unhealthy fetish for shallow graves. <laughs> tells me they won't be long and neither should you good luck this is the amazing like you dropped the handcuff key and I told you not to do that now we don't have the key and I hate you don't drop the key where is it? it's in the key is in the hole where 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 it's in the hole did you drop the key you... where did it go look see is it look in your cuffs did you seriously drop the key I told you not to drop the key where is it you're an idiot! Yeah, Katie and Chris do their best work together. Rob and Stephanie... Hate each other. Yeah, like, she manages to get him partially free, and then he drops the key, and then she screams, You're an idiot! 
and you're a stupid fucking idiot. Oh, I was gonna say, and she cusses him out. <laughs> like they bleep her, but she's like, "You're a stupid fucking idiot. You dropped the key." And at this point, you turn to me and say, "My enjoyment of this episode will depend on which team gets eliminated." And I was like, "I want the team that hates each other to win." <laughs> Yeah, that's because it would have been a better episode. And you were like, no, I like the team that's I nice liked to each Katie other. and Chris more, but Rob and Stephanie are a better episodes. I want Rob and Stephanie to murder each other this whole time. And uh, they all managed to get out of their handcuffs. And you had to find the keys in the top of the... Like, the keys are in the keyhole in the top of the trunk. Yes. Which takes Rob and Stephanie forever. Which is, like... This and is, we just keep seeing the shot of the keys in the top of the yeah, like they now. circle it and like it's great comedy to have like these two hostages have escaped the car and are digging through the trunk while their captors are digging their grave 10 feet away and they're like where the fucking keys <laughs> and then uh we now since this is not the elimination challenge both teams get away yeah, they both get away. Uh, one team does it quickly, so they get awarded the $5,000. Rob and Stephanie. That goes to Rob and Stephanie. Uh, they are then told to go to, like, a junkyard. They have to connect to the internet using their phone. Yes. Because it's 2009, and, and that, that is extravagant. That is amazing. Luxury. Because everyone of a certain age remembers accidentally hitting the internet button on, like, their phone. Yeah. And having to smash the end button 600 times because your parents would kill you if they yeah. knew you were going to, Going like, on the internet was expensive. I mean, I remember when, like, you only got a certain number of text messages a month. Yes. And everyone of our age group got in trouble for that at least once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got got. Oh, yeah, I got Like, got the third month I had texting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also used to talk on the phone but we could only talk after nine because nights and weekends were free yeah like you kids don't know how good you got it yeah anyway uh they need to look for a thumb yes they need to look for a cut off thumb yeah and they're in a car scrapyard yeah so they're they're the challenge is finding a series of different cars yes like first find this car it's a lincoln Find that car, move on to the next one. It's very clear that they were given sunglasses mm-hmm. to protect their eyes because they break windows, which yeah. I thought was a nice, like, subtle way to protect them. Yeah. Uh, this challenge is okay. There's some really funny moments in this. Yeah. Where they need to find a, a, a Ford Mustang, and Chris goes, A Ford Mustang. And Katie goes, What's it look like? And Chris goes, A Mustang. It looks like a Mustang. What, and- a, what a terrible team they are. And they start getting shot at because then, like, the mobsters get into the car lot. Yeah. And Katie screams, I hate it when he does that. I hate it. Which is such a me thing to do in that situation. Of, like, I hate when they shoot at us. Yes. It's the worst. And then um, Chris and Katie are ultimately successful. And Katie delivers the immortal line. I got a thumb, dude. <laughs> I do like Katie a lot in this episode. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Stephanie ends up jumping into a car as they're shot at. Yeah, because Chris and Katie escape in the the last car. Yes. Uh, And then a truck picks them up and puts them in, like, a compressor. A compactor. And they are killed. And then we see the discretion shot of, like, the birds flying away after a noise. Yes. Um... 
So they they now have to find a hit list, and uh, they don't find it. Yeah, there's a lot of failure in this. Like they suck. There's this weird game they play where uh, he has to like walk near people who are talking, but not seem suspicious, so he can like eavesdrop on them. Yeah, and then back what they are saying against like clues. It's another thing where like. It's not physically demanding or interesting to watch them do. And they are not giving us enough information to play along. Right. So it just feels like a waste of time. Uh, and they fail. Yeah. Like, I, I'm sorry we're not doing a great job describing it, but they didn't do a great job shooting it. So it's on MTV. Yeah. Uh, we get then the stupidest one of the step away from your partner things. Yeah. Because what was Chris his, gets the call. Chris gets the call and they're like, we'll give you uh, $10,000 if you do this. We'll give you $20,000 if she does it. Someone has to go to a safe during a gunfight. Yes. And Chris says, I will do it because clearly there must be a trick if it's more money for you to do it. So I thought we'd just play it safe and I would do it. She thinks he's an idiot for doing it. But also considers the idea that he could take what they need to get and run. Yeah. Which is something like, since the show has not run yet, they don't know the gameplay yet. Yes, that's important. Um, What basically ends up happening is he is standing by a safe. Mm Mm-hmm. While the cops and the mobsters are having a gunfight. Yeah. She is in a room that tells her an eight-digit code. Yes. She has to then yell the eight-digit code to him during the gunfight so it's actually, like, hard to hear. Yeah. But he's got, like, a louder, deeper voice, so it actually would have been easier Yeah. if she was in this situation. And again, it's not a real gunfight. What? So, like, it's not interesting. Like, almost, like, could you imagine if it was, like, what was the code? And then he got shot. Oh, what a show this would be. But clearly that is never going to happen because they're not firing real guns. There's no. not the illusion of danger here. You know, like, you're on the Great American Movie Ride. Yeah, it's an, I actually have it. They are in an elaborate LARP. Yeah. They are able to get enough of the codes in that it unlocks, but he needs the thumb. Yeah. So she tosses the thumb to him. It's a good old-fashioned thumb-eating. Which is a good moment. And they get the thing open. This actually was a plot of a show I was in in 2006. Where really? I, I played a somebody who was robbing a house, and it was a fingerprint safe. So instead of dragging the unconscious guy over to the safe, I just cut his finger off and yeet it at my, uh, my fellow bandit. So I was like, yay! <laughs> Call back to my life. Call, call back to a show I was in when I was 18. Uh, once again, they do the quiz. Kate wins. Kate wins. She decides to share the money because she's very nice. Yeah, she teases him first about it, though. She's like, I can keep the money, but I won't. Love you. <laughs> the first thing she says is, What's up, Kate? You lost, man. How do you feel? Like crap. Yeah, like she she teases him about it a little bit, and it's cute. Yeah, but they decide to share the money. Episode four. The Russians. That's the name of this episode. Yes. Uh, we're in Boston again. Mm-hmm. 
And this one is uh, Russian intelligence operatives have stolen plans from the Pentagon and they need to recover them and keep them from being taken back to Russia. Now, I want to point out that it is 2009. You could just... PDF them and email them to Russia at this point. Yeah. Like, this This isn't the Death Star. Yeah, Like, so the people are Mitch, Ramika, Samantha, and Tanya. Mitch and Ramika have one of the best meet-cutes I've ever seen. Best being most entertaining, not cutest. Yes. Because they start off in a sauna, and Mitch is in the sauna. Mitch is in a sauna. And, so fo- when, and a phone rings. When they get the call, Mitch is butt naked. Yeah. And then he runs into the locker room and gra- only has time to put on underwear and grab his clothes. Yeah. So he runs out into the winter Boston air. Yeah. Naked. Naked. While, like, Russian mobsters are shooting each other and Ramika's, like, hiding. Yeah. And Mitch gets a phone call and it's like, find your partner, Ramika. And he runs out naked. He's like, Ramika! And there's a, an eternal pause. And then this girl goes, yeah? Yeah? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> that is an amazing moment. Uh, and Samantha's with Tanya. And Samantha, I have so many nicknames for Samantha in here. Uh, Garfunkel slash Oats. Yes. Um, knockoff Jenny Nicholson. And Reputation Era Taylor Swift. Yes. Uh, there's, so Mitch is the only guy, and I was like, huh, I wonder why that is. That'll be made clear later. Uh, yes. But they need to find the password for a double agent named Natasha. Yes. And a piece of music. So they find the piece of sheet music in a book. Tanya and Samantha just bother people in the public library. Like, yeah, can you read music? Can Can you you read music? Can you play this on the piano? Can you... Interrupt this entire... Li- Thank God it was a library full of actors. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mitch and Ramika see a busker outside playing the accordion. They're like, dude, you know this? Yeah. And then um, Ramika just asks randos on the street, like, do you know what the song this is? Yeah. And one of the plants is like, it's the Russian national anthem. Yes. So Mitch and Ramika take off. Yeah, this is an important moment. I'm really upset because I kind of see the source code in this. And I'm like, oh, the operator's never there. Like, they just shot his stuff later. This is the only moment, unless it happened in another episode and I miss it, Mm -hmm. when they go to talk to the Russian spy, they don't realize they run right by the operator. Yeah. And the operator just kind of turns and, like, stares into the camera for a moment, kind of because he's doing a cameo, and then walks off. And I was like, man, this show needed more stuff like that. Where, like, we as the audience get information. We needed more dramatic irony. Where it was like, we're being perspective, perspective, perceptive. Yeah. And the contestants are failing at that. More stuff like that would have been great. I mean, to be entirely fair, they would not have known the operator. Because they never see his face. That's true. That's true. So, uh, there's a really funny moment. Uh, where Mitch just openly threatens to carry Ramika if he has to. Yeah. But they, he never has to. They run right past the operator and they meet up with Natasha and she gives them their identification to get into the Russian embassy. And... Um, this, is, this is dumb. We also then get Tanya and Samantha get their 
identification too, despite failing. Yeah, they don't get any money. Yeah. Uh, but they get into a limo and their identification's in the limo. The operative's mm-hmm. like, well, you can still go. And we find out only why Tanya wants the money. Uh, we find out Tanya doesn't like dogs, swimming, or men. Yes. And she, quote, I have no ass and it got to stop. It got to stop. She wants to get a personal trainer and, like, work on her butt. Yeah, it should be She wants butt gains. That, like, everyone... She's a reservation agent with no reservations. Everyone in this show is between the ages of 19 and 23. Mm-hmm. Because it's an MTV show. Yeah. Uh, we find out Sam doesn't listen well. Mitch does not like height nor bees. And Ramika is hard as nails, a survivor, independent. So it's everyone sucks. Ramika's pretty great, though. But Ramika's cool. We then get this stupid montage where their job is to sneak into the Russian embassy and avoid guard dogs. Yeah. And I was like, all right, yeah, sure. I'm sure they're about to get eaten by dogs. Well, there's a great moment where they're trying to be quiet. And then Pupper's gonna bork. Yeah, there's some borking Puppers. These are cute. Uh, and then we get the next challenge. Yeah, this challenge is pretty good. They're at the diff- They're at opposite ends of a hallway. And in, in the-, the center of the hallway is the plans. Is the plans that they need. They have to go through a laser maze. And yeah. Because the lasers are really dangerous, they have to wear goggles that makes them blind to the lasers. Yes. So... One person has to go through it, unable to see the lasers, so their partner, ha- who can see the lasers, needs to tell them how to move. Yes. And so it's like, you know, lower your back and crawl. This is an entertaining thing to watch. This yeah. is a good challenge. Uh, this is a Mitch victory. Mitch and... Uh, Mitch and Ramika. I would say this is a Ramika victory, because Ramika is the one who has to do all the physical stuff. This is true. There is a moment where Ramika is just like... Face down on the floor with her ass in the air. Yeah. Like, where do I go? Very funny. Yeah, because she doesn't want to move. Right. And uh, they get... Ramika gets to the center, and they realize, like, they didn't give Ramika the key. Yes. So Mitch deftly slides it to Ramika, who picks it up, puts it in the thing, and they win, and the lasers on their side deactivate. Yes. And he runs, grabs her, helps her up, picks her up, hug. And Tanya and Samantha... Oh, my next note. The Boston accents on Mitch and Tanya, though. Oh, they are very Boston. Uh, and Tanya and Samantha get eaten by guard they're dogs. They're eaten by, eaten by guard dogs. They are also mm. clearly never in the same room as the dogs. No. Like, there's a shot of the dogs, there's no. a shot of them screaming, and then it cuts away. Yeah. They, again, the same... They do the shot of... There's a shot that they are clearly not in, a shot of them screaming, and then a discretion shot. Yeah. So it's kind of like implied yes. horror. Uh, this, then we get the next funny challenge. Yeah. This challenge, like, it, it feels to me like this is why there was only one guy in the, this episode. Ramika yeah. gets a call and says, Mika, yes? I need to talk to you alone. I don't want Mitch to hear any of this conversation. Okay, hold on. Go stand right there. Inside that building is a forger that has been working with the Russians and hiding the scramjet plans in the painting. Mika, hello? Right now, he and some other artists are preparing for a life drawing class, but their model has not arrived. There's a clue that you have to decipher in a secret room inside the loft that will help you recover the scramjet plans. 
In order to retrieve it, one of you must pose nude to distract the artist. <laughs> if you pose nude and Mitch is successful in getting the clue, I will add $5,000 to your account. Amika! However, if you can convince Amiga. Mitch to pose nude and you are successful in retrieving the clue, I will Amiga. add $15,000 to your account. Man. You have 30 seconds to decide. Oh my God. I am so not getting naked. Why are you avoiding me? I am a woman and I'm not taking off my clothes in this damn cold ass weather and showing my personal goodies. I am not posed naked. Uh, yeah. Like, like, they forced her to have a minute to think about it, but she made an instant decision of, like, I don't have to be naked and we get more money? This is a Mitch job. And, like, to be entirely fair, Mitch was naked at the beginning of the episode. He's already been naked today. Yeah. Like, this is one of those, um, one of those decisions a reality show character makes that you do not even remotely question, yeah. where, you're like, Ramika's like, oh, he's gonna do it. And your reaction is, well, yeah. I also think that they kind of looked at it as, let's have three girls, so there is a higher chance that it'll be a girl naked model for our MTV audience. They done messed up. I mean, Mitch was a personal trainer, so at least, like, they didn't totally mess yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Mitch is... Posing naked as Ramika is up in the artist's office trying to solve this puzzle. Yeah. She fails. Yeah, the, the puzzle, she fails at it so much that we never fully understand the mission. No. Like, she's just, like, up there looking at stuff like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? She has, like, a cylinder. What do I do? I have no idea what was supposed to be done here. But they're big old failures. But despite this, they still get to move on to the final challenge. Uh, where they're, again, they're looking for more plans. Yeah. Uh, there are five paintings in front of them. They're all forgeries. Four of them are imperfect forgeries. Yeah. Uh, they have, like, the correct picture in, like, a book. Uh, they need to decide which one is the correct forgery, so they look at all the pictures to see what's different. This is the worst challenge, because, A... Uh, this is not fun to watch someone do. To watch someone do a what's wrong with this picture puzzle? Yeah. Terrible. Two, they immediately give us the answers, so we don't get to play along at all. It's just like, come on, notice that this is a different color. Yeah. Three, if we're meant to believe that they're actually in a situation where, you know, the Russians are trying to do something terrible, just open all the pictures what's stopping you from just looking in all of them yeah like the the narrative of the show doesn't make sense the challenge of the show isn't fun they're taking the fun away from, like all of this is bad and there's not like a fail state again like this always has the problem of like she doesn't get it no she does get it there's they succeed at this one the one where he's naked no the one where oh, the bell tower and the briefcase okay yeah yeah when they're looking for the forgery pictures, they 100% do it because uh, Ramika crushes it. Yeah. Uh, Mitch does zero. Yeah. Because they never take the time to, like, come up with a strategy and, like, they waste a lot of time. I, also, the way that they solve it is is not great. In any case, Ramika nails it. They get another uh, $10,000 or 
whatever it is. Yeah, they're up to $35,000. We again get the challenge where they have to answer questions. Mitch wins. Mitch crushes. And uh, I was like, if Mitch takes the money, I'm going to hate him. Because Ramika did everything. And you kept yelling, he's going to take that money. He's going to take that money. Uh, And I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this. Because he like... He's a little bit of a D-bag about it. Uh, when he is trying to figure out whether he's going to give her the money. Yes. He eventually gives her the money. And but he does fake it. her out. Yeah. And then they embrace, he carries her. It's cute. Yeah. The next episode. I really hate this show by this point. The next, next episode turns the tides. The next episode's hysterical. We have Malaya, Gerard, Josh, and Agathy. So... First, Gerard doesn't get a cell phone. No. He gets a... They're in a Chinese restaurant, and the woman working at the host desk takes a call and just turns to Gerard and goes, it's for you. Is there Gerard in here? Yeah. So, a fight breaks out in the restaurant. We get, like, elaborate fight choreography. Yes. No weaponry in this one, but, like, elaborate, like, martial arts choreography. Mm Mm-hmm. And only... Malaya, Gerard, Josh, Nagathy are in there. Well, Josh, Nagathy are outside the restaurant. Malaya and Gerard are inside. Yes. And they have to open all these fortune cookies, and there are proverbs missing words. Yeah, you gotta fill and in the And they fill in the words. Gerard is an idiot. I got the impression that uh, Gerard was not... Like, all of these are technically English proverbs. They're, like, not English the country, but they're proverbs known in the English language. Mm-hmm. They're not, like, ancient Chinese proverbs. Gerard does not strike me as somebody who English is his first language. Because he does have an accent. Yeah. But- so my thought was, like, he doesn't know the American idioms. So yeah. he's guessing because he doesn't know. Uh- like, if you had to do 12, I don't know, let's pick a country I know you know nothing about. Like, if you had to pick 12 Italian idioms... Yeah. You would have no idea what you were doing. You'd be guessing. You'd be like, I don't know, pasta, garlic? Because you wouldn't know anything. That being said, there is a moment where he looks at one and it's, uh, you can't teach an old blank new tricks. And he goes, you can't teach an old man new tricks. And his partner goes, no, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. They're all animals. The answers are all animals. He opens up another fortune cookie. He gets the same proverb and goes, you can't teach an old horse new tricks. It's like, you still just don't understand what's happening. Now, I will say, both teams (laughs) strike me as agonizingly stupid, and I figure out the password in the first clue. Yeah. All of the blanks are animals from the Chinese zodiac. The answer is zodiac. And, like, I figure it out immediately, and then we sit there for, like, what feels like five minutes. Yes. Which is maddening. Uh, Malaya and Gerard actually get it first. They somehow win. That's how dumb Josh and Agathy are. Yeah. Malaya is carrying the team. Malaya is carrying the show. Yes. And I was like, God, I want Malaya and Gerard the whole time. Just, I want her carrying his dumb ass... 
the whole time. We established that she is a short fuse, because when they tell us a little bit about the contestants, she's a short fuse and Gerard is easily flustered, which is a fun combination to watch. Yeah. Because you know it's not going to go well. Uh, Agathy has a tough exterior and a sailor mouth, but she's really a selfless person. And Josh has trust issues and will do anything for money. Yes. Those are important as well. Yes. The Uh, next thing we see is a lot of damn snakes. Yeah, they have to go into this... uh, They have to find this scroll, but it's guarded by 610 snakes. And they have to dig through these pots of snakes, pull out paper, and hope it's the right one. Uh, the whole time, Gerard is just like, look, check my legs, make sure they don't go up my pants. Like, he says that a bunch of times. Yes. Meanwhile, the other team, uh, what was her name? Uh, Agathy. Agathy. Agathy is swearing and just like jumping and just like you. I get a completely different view of what her character is mm-hmm. because she's bleeped the entire time the first time. <laughs> so I was like, oh, she's just a scared girl. Turns out she's not just a scared girl. <laughs> no. Um, she screams at Josh a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh pulls them through this challenge pretty yeah. much and they win. Yeah, this is a bad challenge. It's fun to watch, but it's just like, it's luck based. So yeah, it's and not it, great. And it is the elimination challenge. Yes. So Josh and Agathy win. And they have to translate the scrolls and get mahjong tiles. Yes. Uh, the other team's eaten by snakes, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and they, it ends up being... They ask an older woman to translate for them, and it's when you dance with a lion, you must get in the head. Yes. Meanwhile, there's all the parade lions. Yes. But if you don't know anything about Chinese culture, it's really easy to say, like, those are dragons. Those are dragons. Also... Uh, they keep mishearing the people translating it who are saying head, thinking they are saying hat. Yeah. And they're just like, where are there lions wearing hats? <laughs> yes. They steal the mahjong tiles and they have to... Well, let, let's just to clarify. Yeah. Uh, what they end up having to do is open the mouth to these lions and they find another note. Yeah. And the note tells them to go to this mahjong bar. And they get to the mahjong bar and the operator calls and is like... Uh, Take all the Mahjong titles, tiles. And she's like, take them all. And Josh is like, excuse me, I need these. And she's like, no, these are ours now. Get them all for the f***ing uh, I need Get them all right now. You gotta get them. Hit them. Hit them if they don't give them to you. Hit them. Hit them. Get them. We need them this is a great, like, scene from a movie. I love her. She's wonderful. She screams at Josh. She never calls Josh by name. Yeah. Ever. It's always sweetheart or honey. Or babe. She or calls babe. it babe a lot. Yeah. Like, but it's not in the I'm affectionate towards you way. It's in the your name is not important to me. Yeah, I don't know your name. <laughs> I don't know your name and I don't care. Yeah. They have to go out the second floor window and jump in a laundry truck. Like, that is the one part that I was like, wait, this seems like actually dangerous. Like, how was this done? Um, like, I'm guessing that a stunt choreographer was like... Go up there when you jump, cross your arms, and fall backwards. Yeah, like... But, like, she does not hesitate. She just yeets herself out the window. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Josh is like, I don't know about this. Yeah. Um, so, Agathy is the one who gets the call. Yes. And she would get 20k, and if Josh goes in, she gets 10k. And she's like, Ugh! Beep! Yeah. 
So she, but she chooses it because she wants more money. Yeah. What she has to do is find the hostage who is in a burning building. So once again, it's the illusion of danger, but it's very clearly a controlled burn. And also someone is clearly guiding her. Yeah. Because like stuff falls over. But never like, near her. It's like, yeah, someone's like, a director's like, stand here and then wait. Like, What's interesting clear. is uh, she is, they're in LA, but this is the first time we hear somebody go, ah, oh, it's wicked freaking hot in here. Are they in LA or are they in Boston? They're in uh, they're in LA in this one. Oh, okay. Um, so, which is funny. Uh, what ends up happening, and I kind of like this challenge. Uh, the hostage is tied to a chair. And there's a bunch of mahjong tiles on the floor. You needed to match what mahjong tiles are also the ones that they stole. Yeah. If they find the one that doesn't match the ones that they stole, it has the correct code on the back. Yeah. They do a horrible job trying to solve this. Because they, yeah. she will describe one of the tiles, and then he will look for it, and then she will swear as she waits for him to find it. What should be happening is, while he's looking... He should say one that he has for her to look for. And yeah. then they'll get through it in half the time. Yeah. Uh, we see her swear a lot. She's getting very sweaty. They're yeah. like, we're running out of time. Just make a guess. They're wrong. And the hostage dies in the fire. Yep. <laughs> like, they just straight up fail and lose a human life. Yep. So then they get to the questions. Um, Agathy wins. Agathy wins. And she's a happy duck. Yeah, she, she does like a little dance. Uh, they end up with only $25,000, I believe? Um, yeah, they end up with $25,000. And the operator calls her and she's like, what are you going to make me do now? And he goes, I'm not going to make you do anything, not darling. not make you do anything. But he like, actually, it's the most human we hear him be with somebody, though. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to make you do anything, darling. Yeah, like, this is the first time I'm like, oh, finally, character out of this guy. Yeah. And, um, I love her talking herself through her decision. Yes. You hate your job more than life. You think about burning the place down. You now know how to do that. Yeah. Like, she talks herself through it. And you have, I really, I'm to the point where I kind of want her to keep the money at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, she gotta keep that money. (laughs) And this time. I'm right. You're correct. And Josh goes, you know. I should have known not to have faith in what people. Yeah, he almost says women. Well, you clearly hear him about to say something sexy. Well, I like that she says... I, I think this is probably where I tell you. I think this is, this is where I tell you. Uh, I'm going to be a selfish bitch, and I, I want to keep all of it. Yeah, and you don't hate her for it. Don't hate her for it. Uh, so the last episode is... The girls episode! It's four girls. And I immediately assumed, I was like, I bet they have to get into bikinis at some point. And they don't. So good on you, MTV. Um, so this one is about a drug cartel who has now synthesized an FDA pain med into a street drug. Yes. And they need to find a pill bottle that is addressed to a specific person. Now, when I, they, you say they... There are four girls, and they're all on different levels of a... Only two girls have to do this part. Only two girls get this call. One of the girls, like, is standing there, kind of like with her mouth agape, 
as gunfire goes off. Yeah. And one of them gets thrown off the building in the car. Like, they throw a car off the building with a human inside of it. But not one of the contestants. Well, yeah, one of, like, the drug dealers. Yeah. Of this. She has no self-preservation. She's just like, huh, this is interesting circumstances happening. Huh, what a day. But Kim and Claudia are going... Uh, Claudia's on the third floor, Kim's on the second floor, yeah. and they're going through looking for... A pill bottle. This pill bottle. In they a They open van. the door, and an avalanche of pill bottles comes out. Yeah. And then much like the first episode, Nikki and Christina need to get Kim and Claudia to leave. Yes. Thwarting their objective, because they need to be out in two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Their objective is, you need to find it at all costs. Yes. And the other two are like, you have two minutes to escape, or you'll both like be captured by these gangs. Then, the greatest moment in the history of this show happens. Christina tries to get Claudia to leave. And then Christina finds the pill bottle for Claudia. Claudia tries to get it from her, and a fight breaks out. Yeah, I'm unclear if she actually found it in this moment, where she was like, look, I have it, let's go, as like a tactic to get her to leave. They do ultimately find it. Because she's like, I want to see it. She's like, you don't have to see it. And then hair pulling, and then clothes ripping. Punches thrown. And then punches thrown. And then they go to the ground, and Claudia starts to lock in an arm bar. Yeah. Like a legit, real good looking arm bar. Like legs go up, wrap around. And then we cut to commercial. And then we cut back, and they're kind of fighting. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, because I... Audience, I want you to know, I desperately tried to find these two girls so I could talk to them. But they both have very common last names. Yes. Also, this was in 2009. They could be married and have completely different names at this point. Yeah. Uh, But it looks to me like she was about to break her arm. They had producers run in and say, like, stop. Like, this is the show, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, we need to do a pickup shot. Can you guys pretend to fight and then, like, separate so that the show makes sense? Because it is a it is a street fight. And then it's like, uh, I got you. All right, let's get in the van. Yeah, so Claudia and Christina do win. Because they, they do actually find the bottle. They do find the bottle. And... Nikki and Kimberly do also escape, but they don't find the bomb. Yeah, so they don't they don't make they don't 5, win the five thousand dollars. So we find out that Nikki doesn't like getting her hands dirty, Kimberly doesn't like snakes, rats, or insects, and Claudia and Christina will either be dynamite or disaster. Or disaster. One of them is also trying not to lose their house. Kimberly, yeah. But don't worry, she's not going to be around anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Like, I, I didn't want to mention that because it's sad. Well, I thought it was just so weird to be like, she's the only one that needs the money. She also doesn't win. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They have to find... This is a very classic challenge of they need to find three packages of drugs that are exactly 153 grams. Yes. Uh, The thing that's not classic is they have to dig it out of entrails. Yeah, they're in entrails and the room is full of rats. Yeah, but like, they're lab rats, so they're clean. Yeah. Like... (laughs) Claudia the whole time's like, I don't like how that one's looking at me. (laughs) Yeah, like, Christina and Claudia complain the whole time but get it done but get it done thank god because they are the most interesting contestants in the history of this show they hug and no one gets punched yes and then nikki and kimberly uh get confronted by a security guard with a flamethrower not eaten by rats not eaten by rats very disappointed 
but they are murdered by flamethrower. Uh, Christina and Claudia are now best friends. And then they have to change into club clothes in the back of the car. So this is the only other time we see anything kind of like sexualized toward a female contestant. Yes. Is uh, they have to change their clothes. And it is a poker gambit. One of them needs to dig for information playing poker. And the other one is looking at the cards and cheating. Yes. She's in like a secret surveillance room. Yeah. Which I kind of love this challenge. Poker was huge on television in 2009. Yeah. This is when we had, like, Celebrity Poker and, like, World Series of Poker was huge. All that stuff was big. Uh, this is a very entertaining challenge to watch. Uh, the only thing I don't like is they claim they started playing at, like, midnight. Yeah. And the game ends at, like, 5.30 a.m. I was like, I don't buy it that this was a five-and-a-half-hour game of no. poker. Uh, but the girls are successful. Which yep. is nice. Uh, so they end up getting information on uh, where they need to go next. And they're going to travel there via helicopter. Yeah. Uh, so this one, this one's fun. Um, so uh, they have the choice of they can either jump out of the helicopter and do a ground op. Yes. And get 20k. Or uh, if they don't jump, they get nothing. Yeah. And... So they both have to do it this time. Yeah. Christina's like, we're doing it. It's really funny because we hear Christina having fun and going like, woo! Mm -hmm. And then we hear Claudia scream the whole way down. Yes. I have to burst your bubble and say, that's all fake. You can't hear anything skydiving. (laughs) Oh, I know. I just think it's good effect. It is good effect, though. Um... Oh, also, if you don't jump, you get nothing and you will disappoint me. And I was like... Oh, daddy, no. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't want to disappoint Operator Daddy. Oh, my God. Operator is kind of a daddy, though. Um, anyway, uh, we we have, like, the ground challenge and then we get the questions. Yeah, like, they didn't actually have to... Like, let's be real. They didn't do anything. The they challenge was to be... Jump out of a plane. No, to be strapped to a man... Who is jumping out of a plane? Yeah, it's it's not like they had to know how to skydive. Yeah, it was assisted skydiving. Yeah, they had to go on a ride. Still scary, like still scary, but still, I'm just saying. Christina wins. Yes, so they they're the they have the full fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, Christina wins, and once again, she's given the challenge of like, you can split it or you can keep all of it. And they call Claudia, and she's like, she might split it with you, but she might not. This is the only time where the person making the decision on whether or not to split it is in, like, running distance. Like, because yeah. the, the, usually they're in, like, separate rooms and separate areas. But no, like, there is a shot of Claudia with Christina in the background, and she's less than 50 feet away. So if she says, I'm going to keep all the money, Claudia could go break her arm. Yeah, we've established <laughs> that that is the thing that could happen. And, like, Claudia is persuasive and a shark on the phone. Yes. Um, And then Christina said, I already decided prior to your asking. Yes. That I'm going to share the money with you. And so they leave best friends. Yeah. Considering they started out with a fist fight. The last episode is definitely the best episode. It is a great episode. Episode six is real. I would say six is the best Five is a close runner-up. Yeah, then one. Then one. And, and then, then the other three. Steep nosedive. Yeah, two, three, and four are kind of trash. Uh, this 
tanked hard in the ratings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it aired on Fridays at 10 o'clock, which is not where you're going to put a big budget show on MTV. Mm-hmm. They call it the Friday night death slot. So, so I guess I watched it after SmackDown in 2009. That makes sense. Like, I never knew about this show because I went out on Friday nights because I had a life. I was probably peak student teaching, so I wasn't. Yeah, this would have been spring 2009. I was probably real sleepy. <laughs> yeah. Like, pro- this would have been. I probably struggled to stay up to watch this. Yeah, this is like my senior spring. Um, so, this got literally half of the viewers of that week's Daisy of Love. Oh my god. Like, to kind of show you where that is, and like, The Hills had almost three times the number of viewers that week, and the Nielsen ratings were saying, like, The Hills isn't doing so great, and The Hills had three times the viewers of this show. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, I will say that I competed in something similar to this. Uh, there used to be a competition in Philadelphia every year called the Rocks and Rhyme Robins Diamond Dash. Oh, yeah. And I did it with my ex-girlfriend, Tara. Mm-hmm. And the way it worked was they would text you a clue. Like, you need to go here. And the one I remember is, if Philadelphia's greatest inventor uh, and politician was also a judge... What was his show be called? And I had no idea. And I had to, like, call my dad. And I was like, I don't understand this. Uh, but the greatest inventor of Philadelphia and politician would be who? The greatest inventor of Philadelphia? Inventor. Benjamin Franklin. Exactly. Do so, you know who the fuck I am? So if he had a, if he had a courtroom show, it would be called... Franklin Court. Franklin Court, yes. So that's where we had to go. Which, uh, isn't that the name of his residence? It was, it's the name of the area, like, right in front of the Franklin Institute, is Franklin Court. That's where we had to go. Okay. Uh, but. No, Franklin Court is his residence. Uh, well, then, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was going to say, I attended an event at Franklin Court. But the way it worked was, if it's you got. It's city. If you got that correct. They would tell you to go there, and then there was a question that you could only answer if you were there. Uh, we ended up going to McGillan's at one point. Yeah. And the question was how many Yingling posters were on the wall. So we had to go through and count all those. The limit does not exist. Uh, the way the game worked the first time I played was uh, once you got 100 points, they sent you the final clip. Then a minute later, they would send it to anyone with 99 points. Okay. And a minute later to anyone with uh, 98 points. I got the final clue with only 12 points. Okay. So we did miserably at oh this. Oh my God. Uh, then I did it again with my buddy John on Halloween. He was dressed as a referee. I was dressed as Little Mac. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Uh, I had work that day in Philadelphia and... Because I had to work an open house because I worked at a school in Philly at the time. Mm. And so you guys would text me and I was Oracle that day. Yes. Uh, and we, we ran around and I think we did really well. Yes, we you did, did. We did not place in the top three, but we asked a lot of teams what their score was and they were all below us. Yeah. Uh, 
But the teams that did win all had iPhones. And there was a lot of things that you could Google. Because yeah. this was before, like, everyone had a smartphone. Yes, because I remember I we didn't have smartphones yet. I used my, like, Kindle tablet to look stuff up for you. Yeah. Uh, so, because, like, I remember one of them was about uh, the inscription on a statue. And if you could just Google that statue, you could just look it up. Yes. So, it, it like, this event died the next year because, like, you couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, but it was super fun. So I enjoy this type of gameplay. Yeah. Uh, I participated in something very similar to this. I didn't have to hang off of uh, the Comcast building or anything like that. No. Um, I was so certain that the end puzzle... The, the end puzzle, puzzle was, you've got to be nuts. Uh, that's where my office is. And for some reason, I thought it was the Comcast building. So I sprinted into the Comcast building and demanded the diamond ring. And they just looked at me like I was crazy. Oh, my because God. Because they wanted City Hall was the correct answer. <laughs> and so you were close because that's not. Yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, I think this gameplay, there's something to it. Yeah. But I don't think they do a great job making the show. Yeah, it's... this, And since there's no... I think the biggest problem with the show is there's no fail state. I mean... Like, the operator kind of walks you through if you fail... He gets the, like, oh, that answer's wrong. The answer was X. Yeah. And then you get to move on. And I was like, maybe some people lose. It would have been neat if a third team could be activated. Yeah. Like, I think what they wanted to do with the operator is make him, like, a cold operative. Yeah. Like, he doesn't care if you live or die. It's all about the job. But since they often fail the job, he just kind of comes off as aloof and kind of a douchebag. Yeah. There's also this whole issue of he clearly knows the answers, but he's not doing anything about it. Yeah. And there was a time where I used to write alternate out reality games, and I had a character very similar to the operator called the messenger. Mm-hmm. And the reason this worked as a character was the messenger knew everything, but for unknown reasons that would come out in later stories, he was unable to ever interfere directly. Okay. So he could only give you so much information and then the rest were for you to solve. That makes sense. If you gave this dude any sort of lore, yeah. this would have been an amazing show. I also don't know how this show could have gone on after these six air. Because once you start having the knowledge of the gameplay, I wonder how that would work. What I really think they could have done, and this this would have been a great like season two thing, is they do the same thing every time where it's uh, uh, I'm going to like the game's not over. You need to decide if you want to split the money or keep all of it. I'll be back in a minute to give you a call. They should have then called the partner and said, uh, your partner's currently holding uh, fifty thousand dollars. They can decide to split it to you or keep it for themselves. But if they keep it for themselves, I'm going to detonate the briefcase. Try to be persuasive. Yeah. And then it, like, instead it was like, ah, I really want to keep the money. No, you need to give me half the money. <laughs> this is vital for your survival. But if, and you just, tell them there's a, if you tell them there's a bomb, I'll detonate it anyway. Yeah. So just the idea of someone being like, I want to be a selfish bitch and keep all of it. And then the camera zooms out and there's an explosion and just money floating away. Yeah. That would be fun. 
little twist on the plot of it would have been very helpful to this. Yeah, a little bit more variation. I also think if you're going to have the same operator in every episode, have the same villain. Like, yeah, if they like, were constantly foiling Dr. Claw, I would have been much happier. Yeah, there's another comparison we made to, like, instead of Dr. Claw and Chaos, it was kind of like... Carmen Sandiego. Yes. If it was Carmen Sandiego every time, we would be like, oh, okay, sh- that's the bad guy that we are... These two factions are constantly at war, and they're f- bringing in these people to be agents for the greater good. Yeah. Just that little bit of lore would have made this so... Much better, but they just don't do it. I also think the last episode, it should have been saving the operator. Like, could you imagine if the operator got kidnapped and was like, this is the only phone I have, like, please come and get me. That's a season finale. Yeah, the operator, like, he's just a cipher. Mm. And I get what they were trying to do with him, but it doesn't quite work. Yeah. So, uh, let's, uh, let's give it a verdict. I... I kind of feel like it's a stay doomed because I, I'm i not a big fan of this kind of game show. Yeah. Because to me, uh, the sameness of game shows has a certain comfort. Right. Of like, if you ask somebody, what do you watch when you're sick and right. home from school? Price is right. Exactly. And there's like just enough thrill to keep you engaged of like, are they going to win? This is like too stressful to watch because it's like the action and like murder mm-hmm. but you're not that emotionally invested in anybody because the 45 epi- minute episodes simultaneously feel too short and too long mm-hmm. they're too short for us to care about the people a lot of the time and too long for like because the challenges drag on right and so to and I think once you have if you don't break up the format or change things substantially, it's t- going to be too easy to break the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that, to me, there's two types of game shows. There's, I could play along, answer the questions along with it. You're millionaires, you're Chase. The Beast. The, oh, yeah, the, the Chase. The, the Chase. For the which beast. I love doing. Yeah, that stuff is great. Or it's... Watch these people do extraordinary things. That's your fear factors and stuff like that. Where it's like, whoa, look at the situation they're in. This show is so freaking repetitive that it's hard to handle that. However, I'm actually going to give this a stay tuned. Okay. Because I think the main reason I hated this show is I watched six episodes of it in a row. That, that's probably fair. This is probably not meant for the way we have to watch yeah. shows on this. If I watched this once a week, casually, because it came on MTV, I would enjoy the hell out of it. I, I also think this show... You know, I'm going to change my mind and call it oh, a really? Stay Tuned. Because I think one of the things that sometimes damages Stay Doomed shows for me is having to take notes. Yeah. Because I, I have the memory of a goldfish on, like, some things... And I have to take notes or else it's too easy to just be on my computer and, like, go through Reddit. Yeah. Or something like that. It's, it's, it forces you not to get distracted. Yeah, TV has always been a secondary activity to me. Like, right. I usually don't sit down and just watch TV. And so I always take notes. But because I take notes, it certain shows kind of suffer under the weight of that. Of, like, this show would probably be really entertaining if I could just... 
enjoy the dynamics of the pairs without having to make sure I got their names and the details we know about them. And what is this clue? What is this challenge? Yeah. I, I think it's a fine show, but like it, it wouldn't be appointment television. It, but if it was on when I came home from school, was doing work, like homework, because like I have fond memories of Legends of the Hidden Temple, because it was a fun show to like think about. But that show's super repetitive. But I've never sat down and watched a marathon of it. Yeah. So I think this is for a game show. This is totally a stay tuned. Uh, yeah, it I could th- be so much better. It could be so much better. But it's a stay tuned still. I, I'm going to give it a stay tuned as well now because like you've kind of convinced me that maybe the way we watch is not the way uh, this should be watched. Yeah. Okay, we did have some comments from our Patreon. Oh, did we? Yeah. Um, uh, Matthew, who thank you to Matthew for being a Crypt Keeper. Yes. Um, he, he's kind of uh, irked that there is no... That, that, eh irked on the fact that there's kind of a prisoner's dilemma at the end that reeks of game show and it breaks the immersion. Yeah. I I do feel like this show might have been better. You know how you were saying it should be the same enemy? I almost wish it had been more of a classic reality show of teams get eliminated and we stay with the same group of teams through six episodes. Right. And then by the end we would care a little more. I I like reality shows more than game shows at this point if they're going to be this kind of... Super. I kind of disagree. Because I kind of felt like after I saw the first episode, what kind of kept me going through the rest of them is trying to figure out, okay, if they win, will they keep all the money? You know, it's kind of the fun of like that show Friend or Foe. Yeah. Uh, It is very game showy. But like for the most part, like I I thought that was an an okay mechanic. Uh, I, I think... It would have been stronger. The end challenge was a little bit more interesting. Yeah. And a little bit better. Because it was just such a, like... Like, peter off of these questions that I didn't really care about. If there was something in storyline where, like, someone's got to go get the briefcase. And there's a reason only one person could enter that room and force that in storyline conversation. Yeah, like... Then I could get more behind it. I agree. Uh, I also just want to say all the deaths suck in this show. They all suck. They don't quite have what they need. Uh, So that being said, uh, I do want to say that uh, be sure to subscribe to our Patreon. We are going to be putting out our new Patreon-exclusive episode, uh, The Crowdfund Crypt, about reality show tier list. We're going to be ranking all of our reality show hosts, and luckily there was a new one that just got uh, added in the operator. Yes. Uh, Next week... Editor Noah here jumping in at the last second to tell you what we are watching next week. And what we are watching next week is Season 8 of The Amazing Race. What? Season 8 on Say Doom? This doesn't make any sense. Well, Season 8 of The Amazing Race was The Amazing Race Family Edition. The one and only season where families of four competed in a race for $1 million. Never again done. So, it is a doomed season of the long-running show, The Amazing Race. So, if you want to watch that along with us, it is Season 8 on 
Hulu. And this episode was actually voted on by our patrons, and they decided that's what they would like to hear. And it's actually time for another vote. We are going to give you a poll on Twitter with these four shows. The top two will then move on to Patreon, and our patrons will decide an upcoming episode of Stay Doomed. Here are this month's choices. Returning once again, it's the runner-up from last month. It's To Riverdale and Back Again. It is a made-for-TV movie with the stars of Riverdale. Well, not the current stars, but Archie and his friends. So you can vote for that, or you can vote for Matthew's choice, who is our crowdfund Crypt Keeper. He would like us to watch the CW reality show Capture, where teams are split up into groups of hunters and groups of prey in a reality show resembling the most dangerous game. Or, I took it upon myself to kind of throw in a curveball this month, Try something that we've never done before and see if this is something you guys would be interested. It's going to be the first ever Stay Doomed documentary. This is a WWE documentary that has been buried and hidden because it's the one they don't really want you to see anymore. It's the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior. And Lara, well, Lara also wants to do something we've never done before. We have never covered a home repair show. And if we're going to do a home repair show, we're going to go to MTV and we're going to watch Ryan Dunn's Home Wrecker. So those are your choices for the month. Would you like us to watch To Riverdale and Back Again, Capture, The Self-Destruction of the Ultimate Warrior, or Home Wrecker? You can vote right now on Twitter and then the top two will move on to Patreon. Editor Noah, out! You can email us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you want to press one for a chance to win $50,000, by the way, $50,000 this show was worth. How much was Killer Camp? $5,000? Yeah. $50,000. Uh, press one and tweet me at plus two comedy. Um,. If you, you know, if the operator could have used more character development, but you still kind of had a crush on him, I'm at Sprocket League. Until next time, stay doomed.